The Island Digest is a sampling of the stories in this week's Journal of the San Juans, Islands Sounder, and Islands Weekly, which are on newsstands now. The January 31st edition is brought to you by Orcas Center. I'm Caleb Summers. Headlines from the week of January 31st, 2024. What the levy means for the San Juan Island School District. Good Samaritans come to families' aid. Land, legacy, and food security on a small island. Plus, choice excerpts from the San Juan County Sheriff's Log. First, from the Journal of the San Juan Islands. What the Levy Means for the San Juan Island School District by Maria Magana Navarro. On February 13th, the San Juan Island School District will ask community voters to renew the capital projects and technology levy for four years. To start things off simply, a levy for the school district is renewed every four years. This tax levy funds safety improvements and technology equipment and updates for the school. A common question could be, shouldn't the state fund public schools for maintenance? While it is true that the state of Washington funds public schools with basic education necessities, it does not provide the necessary funds for facility improvements and technology needs. To students, or those related to students, who want them to have access to a good and safe education, this renewed levy supports that notion. As time goes on, buildings wear down, need to be fixed, and things replaced. The high school is a great example of this. The sidings of the building have slipped and cracked, which needs repair. If left unattended, the sidings of the wall would be prone to water damage and even further damage, which would cost more money down the line. Repair is not solely for the sake of aesthetics, but to prevent further harm done to the building. Another example of this includes the gym floor in the elementary school. As the gym floors wear down, students and community members are susceptible to tripping hazards. In the words of Superintendent Fred Woods, the main purpose of the levy is preventative maintenance. Preventing certain outcomes ensures the safety of students, teachers, and community members. Maintenance assures that our facilities continue to be safe and maintained for new generations of students and community members to come. Additionally, funds aren't solely needed for facility repairments. It's also greatly needed in technology. In an ever-changing world such as ours, everything is modernized. You hold the world's information in the palm of your hand. In addition, technology has paved its way into our schools and our learning. Chromebooks and laptops are the new textbooks, and even teachers are adapting technologies into their everyday careers. Projectors, screens, computers, technology is a cornerstone in schools now, and it's ever-changing and adapting, and it's not cheap by any means. Learning programs, subscriptions, online assignments, Google Classroom, grades, Chromebook repairs, etc. Pair that with a population of just under 800 students in the schools, plus teachers, funds are greatly needed for technology. Thanks to the school's district board, that is all possible with this levy. According to Woods, it's a pretty even split, 
Half of that goes to capital, half of it goes to technology, in regards to the funds raised for the levy. Previous levies approved by voters contributed to a new art room in the high school, new tennis courts, a new roof for the middle school, and among other various repairs, fixes, replacements, and improvements. The 2024 levy will continue to fund projects, such as staying current with technological demands, repairing siding on the middle and high school buildings, replacing bleachers in the schools, replacing the elementary school gym floor and ceiling, replacing failing boilers, and many other improvements necessary. Students, parents, teachers, and community members all have the right to know about the levy and how it works. We want to be as open as we can. We don't want to hide anything, added Woods. Vote yes for the recurring school levy so students, teachers, and community members alike can all cohabitate and learn together in a safe environment. For more information regarding the 2024 levy, visit the article below. Also, join the Facebook group for more information and updates. www.voteyesforsjischools.weebly.com From the Island's Sounder, Good Samaritans Come to Family's Aid by Carol Drews It was January 14th, and Orcas Island was in the midst of a severe storm. Waves were crashing, logs and rocks were moving with the tides, and ice was forming all along the shores of the island. Everyone was hunkered down as the temperatures hit some of the lowest ever seen. Wind chills were dipping into negative digits. Back home, in the Seattle area, our family was monitoring the weather in the San Juans. The news was alarming, and our family thought about our North Shore cabin of 50 years and wondered how it was withstanding the wind and cold on Raccoon Point. My brother had installed a Wi-Fi thermostat a few years back so we could control and monitor temps in the cabin from afar. It was showing temperatures at the cabin below freezing. We wondered why the cabin was so cold. The electricity was working. My brother concluded that perhaps there was a hole in a window or a hole in the roof. We immediately made a call to our neighbor to see if she could check the cabin out. As it was, she had just discovered that, yes, we did have a major problem. Our skylight had flown the coop, leaving a large hole in the roof. We were three hours away, and almost everyone on the islands was just trying to stay warm and out of the ungodly elements. It was decided three of us would make the trip up to the cabin first thing in the morning. While riding the ferry over, they noticed, via the app, that the cabin seemed to be warming up. It was reading 45 degrees. Hmm, how could this be? They relayed this strange finding to the rest of the family, I responded with, Maybe an angel came during the night and repaired the skylight. Little did any of us know that this statement would come to be the truth. Our family arrived, and luckily the wind had subsided during the night. They drove straight to the cabin, knowing that the day ahead would be a very cold and unpleasant experience. Sure enough, there lay the broken skylight in the grass below, they then went into the upper field above the cabin to get a good look at the hole, 
and were beyond shocked to see a brand new skylight installed. How in the world could this have occurred? Who could have done this in the dark, in such bitter temperatures and conditions? They immediately went over to our neighbor to find out if she knew the answer. She had no idea. She told us she checked the house at about 5.30 p.m. the night before, and at that point our cabin had a huge hole in its roof. Who was this angel of the night who came to our rescue? The family asked others on the street who also had no idea. This was a mystery. After much thought, the family crew decided maybe this person had gone to Island Hardware to purchase the skylight. Perhaps they could lead us to this angel of the night. They drove over and asked if anyone had purchased a skylight within the last 24 hours. While that was being researched, my brother mentioned why he was asking and how we had come to have a new skylight. Aha! That rang a bell. The story had unfolded the previous afternoon online. Casey Leitz, owner of Orcus Window and Door, LLC, had seen the photo of our house and set out to help. We immediately messaged Casey. He responded that he indeed was the angel in the night who had repaired our skylight. Casey reported that someone coming down the hill on Raccoon Point Road noticed the damage to the cabin's roof. They took a photo and posted it on the Facebook page Orcas Island Inclement Weather and Road Reports. Casey, at around 3.30 p.m., saw the post. He thought, maybe I can help these poor folks whose skylight was blown out and whose pipes would soon be freezing. He called a local contractor friend, Norm Flint, to see if he had a skylight that would fit the opening. To his amazement, Norm had one left over from a previous job, a perfect fit. Casey then rounded up two of his crew, Jake Rorabo and Andrew Armas. They met at the house at about 6 p.m. and endured frigid cold temps and harrowing winds. They put up a ladder and climbed up to the slippery frozen roof. With just a pair of work gloves, Casey and his crew installed the skylight into place. He took breaks to warm his hands in his pockets as the frozen winds howled around them. Thank you, Casey, Jake, and Andrew of Orcus Window and Door for risking your lives and fingers and toes. You are all amazing, and we are forever grateful to you. From the Islands Weekly, Land, Legacy, and Food Security on a Small Island In 2023, Sage Diltz and Nathan Hodges of Barn Owl Bakery approached LCLT, to see if we could work together to make their farm and bakery more stable by thinking creatively about land ownership models and community partnerships. LCLT's founding purposes of supporting sustainable agriculture and cottage enterprises and Sage and Nathan's philosophy for their farm and business are a near-perfect fit. The result is that LCLT has agreed to purchase the 17.5 acres of farm and forest land only on which Barn Owl Bakery currently resides. In turn, Sage and Nathan will sign a 99-year lease with LCLT, eliminating their land debt burden. In this way, they maintain security, equity, and legacy 
the right to pass on the business and improvements to their heirs, and LCLT is able to hold the land in trust, ensuring that it is forever in service of the local food system. Sage and Nathan will continue to own the buildings and have full autonomy of how Barn Owl Bakery is operated. This has proven to be an exciting venture. Sage and Nathan started Barn Owl Bakery on Lopez Island in 2013. In 2019, they took a big leap and purchased 17.5 acres of land, along with an old lumber barn turned hardware store turned art gallery. They brought new life to the building, turning it into their home and a space to expand their already successful bakery. Since then, Sage and Nathan have been busy transforming the buildings and land into a diverse agroforestry system of managed forests, perennial crops, fruit trees, and an intensive annual garden where they will continue to grow and preserve in situ a diversity of rare and heritage grain varieties from around the world. While the bakery business continues to thrive, operating a farm and bakery on a small island with high land costs requires creative solutions and additional support. The purchase price for the land is $389,650, which is the 2023 SJC assessed value of the land. LCLT has a $200,000 matching fund to start. On or before June 30, 2024, LCLT needs to complete the purchase by raising $189,650. Join us in making history by ensuring a lasting legacy where farms are farmed and local food businesses are supported. We encourage you to learn more and donate fully tax-deductible, by going to www.lopezclt.org slash barn-owl. For further info or questions, please contact lclt at rockisland.com or call 360-468-3723. And now, choice excerpts from the San Juan County Sheriff's Log. On January 17th, on San Juan, deputies conducted a traffic stop on the driver of a car with four juveniles, two of them whom were in the back seat, hanging out the car windows as the car started to slide sideways on the road. The driver received a citation for second-degree negligent driving. A Lopez deputy responded to a reported hay bale blocking traffic. The bale was moved to the side of the road. Shortly after the previous report, another deputy responded to a report of a giant ice ball blocking traffic on Lopez. The deputy discovered the caller was referring to a recently moved hay bale wrapped in white plastic. The road was unobstructed. On January 18th, during the night, a deputy on Orcas observed a vehicle pulling two kayaks on the hard-packed snow and iced public roadway near East Sound. Because the kayaks were being flung into oncoming lanes, the driver was cited for reckless endangerment. 
After an individual missed their early morning plumbing appointment, the Lopez plumber called a deputy because he was concerned that a medical emergency may have occurred. Upon investigation, the individual was found to have slept in and forgot about their appointment. On January 20th, a citizen called to report the possibility of a stolen bicycle on Orcas. It was not known if the bike was stolen or just moved from the spot where it was left. The caller was advised to call in after he knew if the bicycle was stolen or lost. This concludes the January 31, 2024 edition of the Island Digest. This edition is brought to you by Orcas Center. Orcas Center is your place for fun and intrigue this winter with live concerts, performances, art openings, and more. To check out upcoming events and purchase tickets, visit orcascenter.org. Thank you for listening to the Island Digest a small sampling of what's in your local print newspapers this week. The Journal, Sounder, and Weekly rely upon advertising, subscriptions, and donations to support our mission of high-quality community journalism. To contribute, visit our websites or email publisher Colleen Smith-Summers at csmith at soundpublishing.com. Thanks so much for tuning in. And come back next week for more local news from San Juan County, Washington. I'm Caleb Summers.